And now, prepare your ear holes for penetration as we bring you another great podcast from the Poop Culture Extended Universe. Warning, the following program features content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Bocephus Broadcast. Hey, greetings, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 27 of the Bocephus Broadcast. Great news! Prohibition is over! I just felt like including that uh, in this week's episode to kick things off, so there's that. It's good to be back in the basement with you for another week of shenanigans across the World Wide Web. Let's get right down to it. You may have noticed some changes with the show over the past week or so. Soon enough, the show is going to disappear from Podbean and its subsequent app. But there is no need to worry. This was uh, this was actually in favor of moving to a larger, broader distributor in Spreaker. So the good news is you can simply download the Spreaker app. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, Spreaker app uh, on your phone and subscribe to the show on there. And I highly encourage you to do so. Just as I made the migration, you make the migration as well and keep following the show. All the old episodes are available on there. So new episodes moving forward going to be available on there as well. This is the great part about the move. The show is now available on YouTube and iHeart, which absolutely blows my mind. Those of you close to me probably have heard me say at one point or other that that I'd love to wind up working at iHeart. And now in a kind of weird, not quite official capacity, I I work at iHeart or I'm part of iHeart, I guess. So maybe not so much, you know, actually pushing the pencils, doing the nine to five at iHeart these days. I don't know if that's my career path anymore, but I still wouldn't turn down the opportunity. You know, I don't think so. Regardless, very cool to now be on YouTube and also one of the biggest radio groups in the world. We're moving on up, Mr. Jefferson. Now, this is all part of a larger effort of a group of podcasters coming together to create a network of programming that provides a little bit of something for every listener out there. And it's called the Poop Culture Extended Universe. Now, I'm sure some of you are like, what? Poop? That's gross. Well, I got news for you, naysayer. Everybody poops. Now, it just so happens that back when I began this whole podcasting journey back in January, I came across this group of fellows that do a show called the Poop Culture Podcast. It's essentially a roundtable of guys shooting the breeze week to week and often bringing in uh, notable guests. So in other words, I would consider it like a beefed up version of the Bocephus broadcast. So anyway, we got to exchanging pleasantries and eventually they asked me to join them for an episode. And ever since, I've joined them pretty much just about every week or, or so, you know, when I'm able. And they've taught me a good deal of tricks of the the trade of podcasting and for that i'm certainly very grateful so the time came when they told me they wanted to start a network of their own and that they'd like to bring me aboard it and now i am part of the poop culture extended universe or as we call it the pceu you know it's like one of those uh, comic book movie franchises except we're all just a bunch of degenerates with microphones shooting our mouths off to the world So if you want more information on the shows available, visit poopculture.com and select the PCEU drop-down menu to learn more and hear the shows. And that, my friends, is where we are today. Last night, a different story, a hot night at the dock in Quincy, another show for the band there. Did I mention it was hot? I probably lost a good 10 pounds last night. Severe heat advisories in effect for the area much of last week, and that included last night as well. Yeah, over 100 degree heat indexes. And there we were playing music outside in it. It was one of those nights where, where you sweat out like any inkling of drunk that you may have been able to obtain otherwise. But either way, another great show. Wild Crowd ends with a, a water blister on my second toe and a couple of swollen ankles. The uh, 
Life of a Moonlighting Rockstar is one of glamour, folks. Also over the weekend, quick man country update for you. I spent my Saturday morning with the boys at Fort Worth getting, uh, getting myself a man country skillet. And if you haven't heard, get yourself the man country cow pig sandwich. That's the new man country menu item at Fort Worth Cafe. It's a uh, bacon cheeseburger with pulled pork on top. They put pickles, they put onions on there. So you can order it that way. You can customize it, put whatever toppings that you'd like on there. If you leave Fort Worth hungry, you did it wrong. So be sure if you're in the Keokuk area to check that place out. So we had our skillets Saturday morning. Then we made some, uh, as Corey Samuels called them, sales calls to a couple other Keokuk businesses that uh, they want to get a piece of the man country action. So I will wait uh, for the official approval from Corey Samuels before I spill the beans on anything. But I think uh, I think man country is taking hold of the area. And subsequently, taking hold of the nation as well, Casey Carr informed me this afternoon that his CNH sugar tattoo has been picked up as far as San Francisco, San Antonio, Philadelphia, Charlotte, and many, many more, getting picked up by the Associated Press. So Casey Carr and his CNH sugar tattoo is making the rounds in the old periodicals, online and in print, apparently. So the, the cane train keeps on a rolling as well. A wild time to be alive. And that brings us to here and now, kids. I have got no guests lined up for this week for episode 27, so I thought it'd be fun to make some, uh, well, take some listener questions and answer them on this episode. I promise I will get the verbs out correctly. It's been a long weekend. I'm still running on empty. Jackson Browning over here. Anyway, like I said, no guests. Going to take some listener questions and answer them on the episode. Over 33,000 of you submitted your questions for me to answer, and I have taken on the daunting task of whittling those down to a fantastic field of 10 questions. And coming up myself, along with the help of a very special friend, we'll answer those top 10 listener questions right here on the Bo Cephas Broadcast. The Bo Cephas Broadcast. Looking for the best threads on the internet? Look no further than Smirks.net. Tees, hoodies, tanks, and hats for men and women. Ron Jeremy, Turbo from Breakin' and Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo, Vigo the Carpathian, and more. Find it all at Smirks.net. Smirks.net. That's S-M-Y-R-X.net. Use the code PCEU for 15% off your order. Smirks.net. For the freshest and most dope shirts you'll find. Smirks.net. We now return to the Bo Cephas Broadcast. It's a listener-powered episode of the Bo Cephas Broadcast. Your questions, my answers. Over 30,000 submissions for this episode, and I have whittled them down to the top 10 questions. And here to help me, as promised with that countdown, the king of countdowns, Mr. Casey Kasem. Hi, it's me, Casey. Thank you so much for being a part of this, Mr. Kasem. Sure. It's, a, it's an honor to have you here and, and an absolute pleasure to be working with you. What are you most looking forward to about this? I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. Do you have uh, any advice for me as I make my countdown debut? You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it if I don't understand it. All right, let's get to it, kids. I'm ready. Now, on with the countdown. Number 10. Full bush or trimmed yard care tips for summer. Trent. I'm going to have to go with a, a trimmed bush here, Trent. See, a full bush, a full bush can, can really add a, a luscious thickness and really offer that natural appearance that some people might be going for. But if let go too long can become somewhat of a nuisance and an eyesore. 
Plus, an unkempt bush can be prone to the invasion of critters and other pests and things like that. And and let's be honest, there's nothing more embarrassing than having to make your way to the local hardware store and, you know, let the clerk know that you're there for some special bush formula to get rid of some bush creatures. Therefore, I'm going to say trimmed bush for sure. Number nine. Deck maintenance. Stain it or paint it. Frank. I think you all know my thoughts on this uh, particular subject in question after my earlier summer fiasco with the decision to paint our deck. And I I really think uh, it's dealer's choice. You know, if you want to paint your deck, paint your deck. If you want to stain your deck, stain your deck. If you want to light it on fire, light it on fire. I don't care. It's your house. You make the decisions. You make the rules. This is America. Last time I checked. Or so Toby Keith so patriotically reminds me. Look, that's one of the benefits of owning a home. If there's something you want to do, to your home or with your home there's nobody that can or should be able to tell you no you know within reason obviously i mean if you want to put a 20-foot inflatable penis in your front yard i would imagine most of your neighborhood is probably going to be against that decision but hey if you're thinking about doing that and you're listening in the immediate area in which this podcast is created you have my support i think it would be funny so in summation i'm gonna go with owner's preference here number eight are you a sports fan kenneth now before i dive into this no Uh, This is not the same Kenneth that would share a very hard opinion on our previous topic. Different Kenneth altogether. Now, am I a sports fan? I'm going to say maybe not not a fan, maybe more of an admirer of sports and uh, professional athletes. It's a tricky question. Some don't consider professional wrestling a sport. If professional wrestling is considered a sport, then yes, I'm a fan of sports to an extent. However, basketball, mm, uh, baseball, I could take it or leave it. It's a game that for me takes too long to get into. Now, football, I do enjoy. That's one of those things I can toss up on a Sunday afternoon and be pretty entertained by it. Hockey, here's here's an interesting one for me. Hockey, it took me a while to come around to hockey. Big fan of the Mighty Ducks films growing up. That was about my level of exposure to hockey. And then when I was about 25, maybe, I went and watched my first semi-professional hockey game. In Peoria, Illinois, watch the Rivermen, which is always fun. And then I went to a Blues game, which is, you know, the the heightened experience of a semi-pro game. And that was very cool. I I really started to uh, appreciate the sport. Plus, it's one of the few sports where guys just get extremely belligerent over stuff and then beat the hell out of each other. And let's be honest, a lot of us are fans of sports because we like watching grown men fight. So I guess, you know, after I've said all that, maybe maybe I'm somewhat on the fence here. 50-50. I am a fan of sports. I'm just not a diehard, you know, stats guy and player follower. I don't stay up to date on the latest trades and the, the who's who of the guys that are coming up to the professional level and things like that. So maybe a casual fan. I'd say I'm a casual fan of sports. And that's probably extremely generous. Number seven. Have you ever bought a rose for a lady but liked it so much you kept it for yourself? Chris. This is probably one of my favorite questions out of the over 30,000 submissions. I can't say that I have ever done this. I, I have bought flowers for ladies, but I've never gone so far as to keep it for myself because I liked it. Now, that's either a very rude thing to do or that's a very sweet thing to do for yourself, depending on which way you want to think about it. It depends, like I said, on the circumstance. Did the person you were going to give said rose to know ahead of time? Like, should they have been expecting it? If that's the case, probably not a good idea for you to keep it, despite your affinity for it. Now, on the other hand, if these were just because roses or flowers and the recipient didn't know that you were going to give them, then that's kind of a that's kind of a really nice way to treat yourself, you know? 
Like maybe ice cream isn't your comfort thing. Maybe it's flowers, you know? So when's like when's the last time that you bought flowers for yourself? When? I can tell you when I did. Never, ever, never done that. But, you know, flowers aren't my thing, and I don't think I'd ever buy them for myself. But to somebody, that could be their thing. That could make their day. So maybe somebody's feeling down on their luck, and they see a vase of flowers that they just become smitten with, and they buy it, and boom, their day is magically turned around on their own accord. And that's beautiful magic, people. Number six. People tell me it's wrong to not use grape on a PBJ. Grape is for people whose favorite color is beige. Strawberry is best. Where do you stand? Price. Again, I'm going to chalk this up to a a dealer's choice situation, though for me, I do have to say that nine times out of ten, I'm going to go with a strawberry jelly or jam when it's available to me. I've got nothing against grape, really, other other than that, like, I'm not a fan of the artificially grape-flavored things. There's there's just something, it seems forced. It seems forced grapefulness, and those include grape jam and jelly. Now, on the other hand, I absolutely love grapes. The greens, the reds, the purples, I'll eat those things right off the vine any day. But for me, when it comes to being paired with peanut butter and bread, I'm going strawberry all the way. And if you tell me I'm wrong for making that decision, then look at the grapes on you. Number five. Tweed or corduroy, which is the best material for a sport coat. Ryan. I'm going to go with Tweed here, and it's nothing against Corduroy. As a matter of fact, I think I think it's a great book, and it's a, a cornerstone of my childhood. But as a fabric, I think Corduroy often looks dirty. You know what I'm talking about? Kind of like somebody just like wiped their chip fingers on it. That's no fault of the fabric itself. That's, that's just kind of what Corduroy looks like, or at least it does to me. Tweed, however, is a timeless fashion available at most thrift stores in your area for a price as handsome as the jacket itself. And stock up on it while you can, because good-looking guys like me are buying it up in bulk, and they are painting the town in it nearly every single night. Tweed, 100%. Done. On to number four. Number four. Debbie does Dallas or Deep Throat. Which movie was better? Rusty. Leave it to Rusty McKnight to ask the most pertinent questions of all 33,000 submissions. I have honestly never seen either film, but I know that they were both created in a time when, when the pornography industry was very booming naturally long before the technology we have today it's a completely different kind of boom i'm sure so having not seen either i can't really give a definitive answer here though let me let me in return pose a question to you listener this is something we recently discussed in the poop culture group chat what if hollywood took some of those famous uh or infamous in some cases depending on which way you want to look at it what if they took some of those old adult films or parody films and actually turn them into mega blockbusters, like not even in a like a self-aware way, like completely serious movies where the plots and the acting like are just as important as the love scenes. Like think about bringing to theaters Michael Bay's Deep Throat. There's something for you to ponder until the next episode. Number three. Do you care if Jimmy crack corn? Bill Cooper. That's Jimmy's prerogative. Doesn't affect me any. Number two. What's the best thing about performing live music, Billy? I think the best part about it is is that it's crazy that I can get paid to do it. You know, I didn't really pick up a uh, guitar and actively seek to learn it or learn how it worked until about the age of 15. So here I am just, you know, a little over a decade later playing every weekend multiple times. So it's it's kind of surreal, honestly. I think one of the more interesting aspects of it from somebody that that doesn't do it, I think a lot of people might be under the impression that you just kind of show up and you set some things up, you plug them in and, and away you go, you know. But in reality, being in a band 
can be a lot like, you know, having another job. And granted, it's it's not one of those monotonous jobs that you're going to dread going to each day. But there is a lot of work that goes into it. You know, there, there are days when uh, I'll, I'll spend, you know, an eight hour day between setup, playing and tearing down. So it is in, in many aspects, kind of like another job. But the nice thing about it, the thing I like about playing music and likening it to a job is that each day on the job is different. You kind of work with different people every time. Your office changes every time. And for the most part, your coworkers really dig what you do. And sometimes they'll they'll even clap if you do something really well that they like. So all in all, I love playing live music. And it's been one of the, the best parts of my 28 years of being alive. Number one. Questions about the state of music in 2017. Trent and David. This is a combo of questions that were kind of on the the same wavelength, kind of about the same thing. Our good buddy Trent Lyons, knowing I'm a musician and a huge music snob, wanted to know my thoughts on the state of music in 2017, where we are with music, where we're going, local and national acts, streaming versus buying, that kind of stuff. Um, And kind of along that same line, my friend David wanted me to listen to the latest episode of the Revisionist History podcast, which talked a lot about kind of the vision of country music in America and specifically George Jones' influence on the genre. So first of all, Trent and David, you should have known better than to get me started on something like this. So so buckle up, buttercups, because I'm about to lay into this subject. First, my thoughts on the state of music in 2017. That's kind of of a broad discussion, and that's one that could go on for for eons, one that I'd honestly prefer to have with multiple people. And I think that's a good episode to approach down the line, too. But yeah, I think it's hard to put a pin uh, in that question and, and response. There's, there's there's an endless supply of music out there. There really is. I think it would be interesting to see the, the statistic of how long it would take for a person to consume every last second of music that is out there in the world. You know, people have done this with series and stuff where they calculate the amount of time that it would take for you to binge watch a series or, you know, something like that. But but to do music, that that might be damn near impossible to calculate that. I can tell you that I really don't care for about 80 to 90 percent of the music that's considered mainstream these days. And maybe that's part of me becoming a hipster. Or maybe that's part of me becoming old. I always thought, you know, I'm never going to get to the point where I'm old enough that I think that modern music is garbage. But I think I've reached that point, unfortunately, to an extent. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons that I'm glad that I no longer work in radio because I'm not constantly surrounded by that top of the chart, you know, genre stuff. In all honesty, my radios rarely ever leave NPR, save for a chance occasion of, you know, flipping it to an oldie station. And they recently launched a majority classic country station in the area. It's called 107.5 The Lake. Look that up if you'd like to find them on Facebook, 107.5 The Lake. Anyway, it's classic country for the most part, the good stuff. And I've been listening to that a lot. So so I've, you know, I've had this discussion a lot and that, that's mainstream music today is largely, it, it's disposable. They're like momentary earworms that, that fade away, you know, almost as quickly as they become hits. So therefore they're disposable, or at least that's the way I see it. You know, obviously everybody has their own taste and that's fine. They like what they like. For me though, it's, it's just, it's not going to be the mainstream stuff, at least not right now, at least in this generation, this decade, maybe. To be honest, and, and I've talked about this before, half the fun for me is seeking out new music, really digging around to find new stuff that I'm going to like. And that could be new music, that can be recent music, that can be as far back as the you know 60s and 70s and things like that. But I do a lot of that thanks to the help of Spotify. So technology is huge in helping discover music. And each week they, they, they curate a playlist based upon things that you listen to the most frequently. Spotify does this. 
and they put it in a playlist called Discover Weekly. So every, I think it's every Monday, they kick out a new one. So you can listen to, you know, X amount of music that you will probably like based upon the things that you play most frequently. So I found a lot of great artists that way. Um, you know, one that, that I was always aware of, but never really dove much into his catalog, Jerry Rafferty. Fantastic stuff that guy has. And uh, I went down that rabbit hole one day and it was great. Uh, one of the newer guys, though, in particular, that I really like right now that I found uh, via Spotify is a guy by the name of Raylan Baxter. R-A-Y-L-A-N-D Baxter. Give him a try if you're uh, looking for some new music because he's got some good stuff out there. So like I said, a bulk of the, the music that I listen to and enjoy is, is recommended to me on Spotify. Now, I mentioned my radio dial rarely leaves NPR, and I also discover a lot of great music there as well. Uh, there's a program called World Cafe that I hope to uh, one day become the host of. I found a lot of great tunes on World Cafe, and that's the show that, that starts my weekdays. Roll out of bed, turn that on, get ready for the day, hear some tunes. And it's great. It's it's a nice hybrid show because the artist or band will perform live in the studio and then they take a moment to, you know, talk to the host about their music or about their life or things. So, you know, I kind of pull influence for this from that as well. So, like I said, everybody's going to like what they're going to like. But, you know, I like the stuff that that has deeper meaning, Uh, you know, and occasionally the the senseless feel good song like Call Me Maybe and, you know, some of the Katy Perry stuff like that. But but the fun of it for me is digging around to find that new stuff and the stuff that that I'm going to like. It's kind of a fun challenge. It's, It's kind of fun to do that now. On to David's part of the question. I mentioned to David that I listened to the Revisionist History podcast about the country music divide in America and the influence of George Jones. And I loved it because there were a lot of great points made. Now, there isn't a doubt in my mind that people who listen to country music are in one of two camps. Those who want their disposable butt country, top 40 country, and those that are diehards for the true blue country music. You know, the heartbreak stuff, the get drunk in a tavern stuff. I don't know what song I heard the other day or who sang it, but it started off with like an R&B beat. And the first words, I, I kid you not, were, hey, girl, sup? Get that shit out of here. That's not country music. And I know there are going to be some people that are saying, well, country music is just changing with the times. And that's a fine viewpoint to have. That's your opinion. But here's mine. Country music doesn't need to change with the times. That's the whole point of country music is that it's timeless. Or at least to me, that's what it should be. It's more about subject than it is instrumental relevance. You know, leave leave the changing with the time stuff to pop music. That's kind of what pop is for. You know, that real top 40 stuff, the Saturday night hitting the town kind of stuff. That's where your flavor of the time music needs to come from. The stuff that, you know, that musically, instrumentation-wise changes. Leave it to the pop music. Don't, don't mess with, you know, the country stuff. I think that's the reason that people took to Chris Stapleton so strongly when he broke out. He, he was, you know, bringing back... He was making real, honest, old-school type country music that was also transferable to radio. And it didn't hurt matters that he could sing like a mofo, too. I took to him because I admire the old boys. You know, the Waylon Jennings, the Willie Nelsons, the Merle Haggards, the Johnny Paychecks, and the subject of the show that that David recommended to me, uh, George Jones. I think my favorite George Jones song is The Grand Tour. Now, you listen to that song and find me somebody in modern country music, and maybe they're out there, maybe I just don't know, but find me somebody in modern country music that is writing stuff like The Grand Tour by George Jones. Are you going to find something like that on mainstream country radio? My guess is probably no. At least not yet. There may be some sort of resurgence with that, you know, coming up, but eh, I'm not seeing that happening. But you got to think about that, too. 
and I use this as an example. I'm not saying it's the best song, you know, in the world, but it's it's very um, ubiquitous. You can turn on pretty much any classic rock station. You'll hear it. Stairway to Heaven. You have to think in the next 30 to 50 years, who currently is writing something that's going to have the longevity that Stairway to Heaven has. Think about that. Just think about it. Now, back to the George Jones and the podcast thing. They mentioned in that podcast that during the Grand Ole Opry tribute to George Jones, that Vince Gill, who is another guy that I, I really, really admire, had paid tribute to the possum by singing Go Rest High on That Mountain, which was a song that Vince wrote uh, for his brother who passed away from a heart attack. And during this performance, he choked up multiple times. And Patty Loveless at parts had to carry the song. And she did a fantastic job. Now, here's the point I want to make here. Go Rest High on That Mountain is such a powerful song, both musically and lyrically. Like I said, that song is about Vince Gill's brother who died of a heart attack. But in a broad sense, that song can connect with so many people because of its versatile subject matter. It's probably played at a lot of funerals. I know I've heard it at a few funerals that I've been to. But my point is that Vince Gill couldn't make it through his own song without crying. And I think that says a lot. And and, and though the words that he wrote may have not initially been you know written about george jones they weren't obviously but they fit well in that moment like i said they're transferable to a broader spectrum and don't ever tell me that a guy like sam hunt is going to become emotional in the middle of one of his songs when that day comes and and maybe it will you can tell me i'm wrong but i would much rather 10 times out of 10 watch and or listen to vince gill lose his composure over words that mean the most to him than sam hunt remember a spring break love gone bad 10 times out of 10. Okay, there's the towel on that one. I know that was a bit of a tangent, but but Trent and David, I hope you found that a, a fitting response and what you were kind of looking for for that question or those questions. Look, it's going to happen. It needs to happen. There's going to be a future episode or, or, or maybe a series of episodes that are dedicated to me talking with people uh, about music, people whose musical opinions that I, I cherish and admire the most. So keep an eye out for that. That's probably uh, on the uh, very near horizon. That being said, thanks to all of you for your submission of over 33,000 questions for today's listener-based episode. If you want to submit some questions to be answered down the line, you can do that. Connect with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash broadcast. You can uh, get up in them Twitter DMs as well and shoot one there. Or you can email broadcast at gmail.com. And thank you so much, Casey Kasem, for uh, being here today and uh, for helping us out with the countdown. Really appreciate that. Sure. Stick around, we're going to wrap things up in just a minute when we return. You're listening to the Bo Cephas Broadcast. Hello, listeners. This is Boyd McKennell, once again of the local mall walking club. We meet every Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. in the local shopping mall. We would like to apologize for last week's incident in the dining court. Mrs. Dowell has since been stitched up and will be at this week's small walking waiting for members to sign her cast. See you Tuesday for the Mall Walkers Club at the local shopping mall. Was that better? We now return to the Bocephus Broadcast. That is just about going to do it for episode 27 of the Bo Cephas broadcast. That was a lot of fun, guys. Thank you. That uh, that might now be in contention for one of my favorite episodes thus far. 
And speaking of episodes, don't forget to look for the latest over on Spreaker. We've made the move, and now you can, too, download the Spreaker app on your phone and subscribe today. Don't forget to leave some feedback on iTunes if you're listening there. And as I mentioned earlier in the episode, we have expanded. We are now available on even more platforms. You can check out the show on YouTube and iHeart as well. Exciting times. And hey, if you've got questions, comments, feedback, concerns, hate mail, or if you'd like to submit a question for another future listener question episode, shoot an email to me at bocephusbroadcast at gmail.com. Follow along on social media at facebook.com slash bocephusbroadcast. And don't forget, check me out on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me there at BobbyCraft. Thanks again to our sponsor this week, Smirks. They're your source for the best tees on the internet. My personal favorite, the What Would Ron Jeremy Do shirt. Perfect weekend wear for the summer. Check out their inventory right now and you can get 15% off your first purchase when you use the code PCEU at checkout. Smirks.net. Get on it. And of course, get yourself acquainted with the family by visiting poopculture.com and clicking on the PCEU drop-down menu to learn more about the great shows, including this one, that are now part of the Poop Culture Extended Universe. With that, we put the wraps on episode 27. We'll see you next time for episode 28 of the Bocephus Broadcast. I'm Casey Kasem. We'll catch you then. You've been listening to the Bocephus Broadcast. What you just heard was a podcast in the Poop Culture Extended Universe. For more great podcasts, make your way to www.poopculture.com.